coming soon from Arkville Press. This is the story of the last city. It has outlived the world that it was born into, and it has outlived all its siblings. This is the story of the last city, a ruin built on ruins where death is a luxury few can afford. This is the story of the last city, of those who wander within and those who are crushed by its weight. This is the story of the last city, and this is how it died. The Tower Through the Trees by Sean Dillon, coming March 29th. podcast where two armchair individuals decide to watch movies from the past or the present and one of them is really smart and the other is me the smart one is jesse jesse how are you i'm good now hold on one second (laughs) but there it is okay i'm back uh yes hello it's me jesse i'm the (laughs) co-host My name is Matthew, <laughs> and uh, it's been it's so. Been a week. It's been it's been it's been two weeks since our last episode, but it's been a week already. Jesse, how are you? I'm good. This is based off of a novel. Yeah, I didn't know. We're talking. By the way, we're talking about. No, we'll, uh, we'll get there. We'll get yeah, there. We'll, we'll get, get there. there. We'll get there. Yeah. Anyways, I, I'm doing good. I watched this movie on Monday. Uh, it was fine. We'll talk about it more, but yeah, I'm doing good. This is this is out of the eight, no, like nine ish movies I've seen since the last time we recorded. This is the only one that doesn't have Batman in it. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, uh, I'll bet you Rock Hudson could have been a good Batman. Oh, Rock Hudson could have been a great Batman. Okay, so uh, what we watched uh, a movie from 1956 by the late great Douglas Sirk. Uh, it's called Written on the Wind. It stars uh, Rock Hudson, Lauren Bacall, Robert Stack, and Dorothy Malone. Those are the those are the that's the main uh, quartet of characters. Humphrey Bogart um, hated this movie and told Lauren Bacall, "Don't make another one like this." Uh, and yeah, no, that you know if. I, so, okay, when I first saw this movie, I first saw this movie, this is one of the first movies I rented at uh, a boutique rental place in Philly uh, called TLA that doesn't exist anymore. Um, I rented this because, A, I was starting to get into the Criterion collection and just, be, and I had kind of, I'd had uh an overwhelming interest in cinema yeah of like all kinds so i was like okay i'm gonna see i i've heard of rock hudson yeah um, i've heard of douglas sirk i know lauren bacall because she's great in film noir let's watch this and while 
I had thoughts as to what I would get. I did not get. I did not get what I thought I was getting. And so, yes, this movie is based on uh, a novel by Robert Wilder of the same title from 1946. This movie came out in 1956. And some background that I can really, that I can really sort of hand out is that Douglas Sirk, especially with the films he did for Universal Pictures, I believe all that heaven allows magnificent magnificent obsession uh imitation of life um and i think that there's one more that's always mentioned that i cannot remember it might i might actually be thinking of this one but uh they are they are sort of uh the template for modern melodrama yeah and and I, when I watched this, I'm just like, oh, this is basically where all of the daytime soap operas that I would watch on summer vacation in school when I was home. Like I would watch like Young and the Restless, Bold and the Beautiful, uh, Days of Our Lives, you know, uh, what is it? As the World Turns. I would watch those while eating lunch while, <laughs> when I was a kid. And this film plays like one of those very much so but also i think the layers in this one in particular i do i mean uh, douglas sirk was really he he was a really good director of of just a really good technicolor family drama He he could do it really well and i think this is probably the one for me that i can return to and have not only like the same recurring thoughts, but uh, I it can it can pull new things out of me. Um, I now I guess I should be more fair to the movie than I was when we were talking about it beforehand. I think that if I was just in a different mindset and I knew what I was kind of going into, I probably would have liked this movie a bit more. Um, sure. Currently, my stance on it is. Man, this movie's super well acted, but boy, is the plot really meandering and kind of boring. Um, yeah. I also, uh, I'm reading some facts and I just like bringing up the facts. Go right, go uh, ahead, go ahead. Douglas Sirk wanted to state that Kyle Hadley had homosexual leanings toward Mitch Wayne and was secretly in love with him. However, this couldn't be mentioned directly due to the Hayes Code. And nevertheless, yep. it seems pretty obvious to the audience then and the audience now. <laughs> Oh man. Well, I mean, and then it's, and then, you know, with the legacy of rock Hudson, like, yeah, I mean, (laughs) to quote that guy in snatch alarm bells are ringing. (laughs) Um, But, uh, but yeah, like, I think that, I think that what the the pace at which this movie happens, because it's, it's an hour 40 which is pretty short overall, but it feels longer than it is. If, if, if it's pretty short, it feels longer than it is. But I think the way that the speed at which everything at which everything happens in this film does um, kind of does the audience a disservice, but also I think it encourages active movie watchers to kind of start exploring the layers. Yeah, which which is why you know you get the man Mitch and Kyle are are they just friends? 
it, it's kind of weird because and maybe this is because you have rock hudson and robert stack but those two characters are the most engaging when they're on screen together but when they're separated and when they're with the the lady love interest they're 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 just dull <laughs> yeah um and again not to go against the act that, that i think the actors played the roles perfectly how they were written i just think that the dynamics between uh rock hudson laura pacall robert stack dorothy mel as men and women in this movie mm-hmm. are like there's no i don't feel romance between any of them even though i'm supposed to i don't i don't get it i don't understand it i don't know why they like each other um it, it gets a little frustrating going, and maybe that's like the idea of chemistry wasn't fully there in the 1950s but maybe there i don't think that's true either so well see and, and i think i think that that's a layer here yeah because like yeah none like the, the only two people that care about or actually hang on mitch and kyle rock hudson and robert stat care about each other yeah that is apparent in every scene they're in together um uh dorothy malone as mary lee hadley definitely cares about mitch yeah like that is a present in every scene she's in lauren bacall cares for robert stacks cares for kyle hadley in a way that is not romantic yeah um and to to kind of just i'm just going to i'm, I'm maybe this might be a bit of oversharing but i'm gonna no, go like, for it I can like, so I get a lot of what the way I get a lot of the, uh, okay. If I could learn to speak at 42, um, I get a lot of what Lauren Bacall is doing for Robert Stack's character. Yeah. Uh, from the way that like my wife and I interact. Yeah. Okay. Um, one of the one of the things that I I love about my relationship with Reba is she doesn't see, she sees like I'm I'm sure she sees my faults because sometimes they are just right there in front of her, but she also like she would be the one to say what Lauren McCall says to Jasper Hadley, like maybe you should believe in him just a little bit. Maybe you should give him credit. Maybe give Kyle another chance. And I see Reba do that to me in some way, shape or form daily. And it's, it's one of the things that affirms to me that not only uh, our relationship is good and I have a really great partner but it also makes me want to be a better partner to her Mm -hmm. and you see all of that kind of manifest through i forget what is what is what is lauren bacall's character's name because i cannot i cannot remember it um lucy moore hadley okay so lucy you see lucy do that for kyle almost completely off screen yeah the only time you actually see it present is 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 not for Kyle. Now, a, a bigger brained Matt would be able to explain why that is the move. Uh, but 
current form Matt believes that's a great idea, but can't articulate why. Yeah. Um, but one would have to, and you can really only start making these or make start drawing these conclusions after the movie's over. Yeah. Like one can conclude that Kyle stopped drinking, stopped, you know, philandering, stopped trying, st- started trying to kind of be a, a, a stand-up person in both the company uh, and in life after one or two conversations with Lucy that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and, and while you don't get that on screen, like at the conclusion of the film, you can make that, you can make, you can start making that supposition, I guess. Um, now, another layer for me is the breakup story between Mitch and Kyle. Uh, mainly because the, the we open we open with um, Rock Hudson looking as debonair as can be, walking into a walking into an executive office. Actually, this isn't really the opening. This is like once you get to where the story starts, because the the opening is kind of a portent. Um, once you get to where the story starts, it's Rock Hudson just wearing the hell out of a nice suit, uh, walking into this office. And, you know, he does, he does the, the madman thing of looking, looking at a woman's legs and then going around and just assuming he's going to say hello and she's going to be smitten. Uh, and I, I love how you see, and I think Lauren Bacall is, is beautiful just in general, but you see, a magnificent Rock Hudson, a beautiful Lauren Bacall. Like this is usually like the love story at this point in cinema. There's like two beautiful people, lock eyes on screen. That's it. We know they're ending up together. Um, and I I love the instead of instead of it being who ends up together, it ends up being who falls apart. Yeah. And and who falls apart is not a happy couple. It's to to it's it's like the breakup of a best friendship and i know that like we could go we could go multiple bromantic layers deep with uh kyle and mitch and i think that's all that's all there on the celluloid for the world to see and i think it's actually kind of a beautiful thing um but then you get to as, as you mentioned the the farting around um and all of that seems just as boring as lucy herself states early in the films like uh, none of that none of this really i don't really care about all this, this is kind of boring and then you know when, she, when she's asked about you know uh how she sees her life going she says i'll oh, probably married children in suburbia and Kyle Hadley playfully goes, "You don't. You're too. You're too beautiful to end up in that kind of trap." Yeah. Um, but I think all of this kind of creates uh, somewhat of a tapestry out of 
out of kind of silly absurdity soap opera stuff. Um, I, it go ahead. I was gonna say I think the soap opera stuff works. Oh, it does hundred percent. It but it works the best in the third act when it's only that. <laughs> yeah, when it's yeah when when all of a sudden we really have to like oh wait a minute everything is coming to the forefront. <laughs> yeah, when 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 the, the miscarriage happens and then the later uh, show uh, showdown between Rock Hudson and Robert Stack and then the, the mm-hmm. trial after all of that. I think is an excellent movie. But everything yes. before that, I think is a man. I don't really want to be watching this. And I think that, I think that that's valid, especially in like, I guess probably an advantage for me is I saw this in simpler times. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I mean, looking, coming to this, you know, two years into a pandemic um, and a further left-leaning, if, if, I, if I came to this with as uh, a political identity that leans as far left as I do now, yeah, I'm not saying I'm the most left, but I'm definitely a lot farther than I was when I first saw this film. Yeah. Um, I... I would just immediately hate it. Like, oh, I, like I, I could find so many different reasons to just immediately detest just about everybody in this. Um, but I think because I because I saw it a couple of times, you know, before I am, before I was who I am now, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, a lot of that has still kind of carried over. Um. I do like how the movie, I do like the opening of the movie though. Like how it sets up the, how it uses, you know, an open front door and a desk calendar to turn back the clock. I think that is just a, cre- a creative little touch. Yeah. And I, and I think the shot uh, composition in a lot of this movie is, like, I mean, you go onto the IMDb and you look at the 33 photos that mm-hmm. it has, or like not, not all from the movie, but the thirty, like the 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 twenty-ish photos it has from the movie, they're perfect shots every single photo, and it's because like I think every one of these scenes is perfectly like constructed, and everybody just looks stunning in every scene, and mm-hmm. um, like there's not a moment where like the movie looks bad. It's mo- like and all 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 my issues just fall into the writing. Which is kind of a bummer because when you have a movie so like firing on cylinders everywhere else and then the plot kind of just doesn't work for you. That I mean, it sucks because I want to like this movie a lot more than I do. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And, and, and I, as, as much as I do like the movie, I, I, I agree with you. Like there's not, you get very sporadic blotches of, of true character development out of it and i mean a lot of it a lot of that development sort of comes after the audience has, has seen the movie and i'm not going to sit here and comment whether or not whether or not that's good or bad just because i don't feel qualified i yeah. do know that it's one of the things i like about it but but yeah i think i think i i'm really gl- i'm really glad we took the plunge and and, and did this movie um mainly because a it had been a while and b um it was nice it was nice just, it was nice just to see it again 
Yeah, and I, and I like when we do movies like this that because I feel like at times we do a lot of movies that we both like a lot, and like there's not a lot of like disagreement. I think I think this is one of three movies. I don't know is this episode like twenty five something like that. Um, this is one of three movies that we've done that were that both of us aren't on the same page with. Yeah. So yeah. like, well, it's also like we. I think we also see the the other side pretty clearly too yeah it's just like our tastes just don't align perfectly which i think is good especially for mm-hmm. a show like this and so like it's one of those things where you you can pull way more out of this than i can all i can see is kind of like why i'm frustrated but can we talk about the scene uh i shouldn't close the tab that had all the actors names um on one second while i open up this tab again um, is this a is this a Mary Lee Hadley and Rock Hudson scene? No, this is a uh, Rock Hudson and Robert Stack scene with Dorothy Malone. Um, the 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 main climax of this is the the where um, R- R- Robert Stack pulls a gun on Rock Hudson and basically says, mm-hmm. "Hey, I know, I know what you've been doing. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. going to kill you now." And like yeah. that that whole scene uh, is set, such a well like shot and acted and uh tension scene that uh-huh. and its resolution so good when uh dorothy malone and robert stack uh struggle for the gun and robert stack is shot and like he, he walks out like and then dies outside like that is a perfect scene that scene's so good and i want that i want this movie to be all of that i mean you do get it twice true <laughs> And I also think the scene where their father dies is pretty good, like the way that it likes trying to compare shots, but I think it didn't have the impact that it was going for. Yeah. I I I agree I agree 100 percent I think that I but see I don't part of I mean I think the that is 100 percent the obvious climax. Yeah. But for some reason I think the denouement actually has more climax in it than the climax. Yeah, yeah. Except, except for the fact that it is definitely like we can. I mean, in the in in through the through the lens of twenty twenty two, we can look at a semi rich white dude getting off for supposed murder uh, as a bit of a. Hmm, we can look at that with a bit of side eye, but you know, yeah. narratively, you know, we all. I, I think narratively, it's really obvious that cousin does not do it <laughs> but and then I, I do think it's funny have you ever seen the big sleep mm, I, I just read the big sleep but i don't think i've seen it well dorothy malone is in the big sleep with lauren bacall and humphrey bogart interesting like That's she, interesting. briefly and 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 it's like 10 years prior to this movie um and i i don't i'm I barely remember the scene that she's in, but I think she says uh, to to Bogart, like, uh, you want to get wet or something like that. And she holds up like a bottle of bottle of liquor. And I guess that's, you know, 40s code for, hey, let's go have some fun. Um, but I do find it funny that 10 years later, she's she's lying about it to break up a marriage um and and the marriage 
also includes one of the actors that she worked with 10 years ago. Uh, I, I do find that that's that sort of coincidence in events. I do find that funny. Yeah. But the but getting back to uh, I think the court scene at the end where it's definitely like it comes down to her. Everyone else is like, yeah, Rock Hudson said he was going to kill or Mitch said he was going to kill Kyle. Mitch said he was going to kill Kyle. And when they finally they, they go through a whole bunch of people who don't really seem to have real consequence in the film ever. They, they go through all of them saying, yeah, Mitch said he was going to kill Kyle. Yeah. And then it gets to her. And now all of a sudden we need to have dialogue. We need to, we, we need to we need to make sure that everything is correct where anybody could have said yeah and the judge is like nope don't want to hear any more out of you because he just wants to he just it's, it just seems like he wants to convict Rock Hudson like the rest of us um, and I I found that funny but the, I do think that when there's a moment in uh, in that scene where where uh, Mary Lee Hadley says, no, he didn't kill, he didn't kill Kyle. I do think there is a, like an uncorking of a bottle of wine, but not necessarily, not necessarily in like a a celebratory manner uh, that sort of signifies that, you know, this is all over and everybody is going to be moving on however they are going to move on like laura uh lucy as a widow mitch uh leaving the company he works for to go to iran to work for another oil company uh unfortunately kyle has been murdered and now with the father's passing uh mary lee gets to be you know stupid rich and own an oil company. Um, and none of that seems, none of that is, is, is a, is a good end for any of them. Yeah. And I find that part, the most fascinating thing about this movie is they found a way to do melodrama. And I know that this is probably super common now in 2022, you know, we're getting upwards of 70 years since this film was made. I think that in 50s cinema, it's a bold move to have not one ounce of a happy ending. Yeah. Because really this, this, this film is just, it's, it's essentially just a downer for anybody that goes to see it. And all of the 50s motifs in the film, uh, whether you view them as, you know, the golden age of conformity <laughs> or, uh, or, the stylish excess of say Mad Men, uh, even though Mad Men took mostly place in the 60s, I get it, but not a whole lot changed. Um, this has like a quality that kind of, I've only really, I've only, I've seen it before, but I've only really felt it at the end of The Magnificent Ambersons. Okay, I've never seen that movie, so I do not um, know if. I get what you mean by that, but um, well, the, so it's kind of like everyone sort of gets what they deserve, okay, rather yeah. than rather than 
the happy ending. I mean, because one of the conceits of melodrama is it's it's mostly it's it's like the Fast and the Furious. It's about family, um, but it's usually about the family member that does not act, and that is clearly Mitch Wayne in this scenario. Yeah, because ultimately he could have he has at several he has several chances to do good for everybody in the film and backs away at every opportunity and so so he is now he's going to a new job but at what cost yeah so and uh and i think that i think that that's i think that among many other things are are just beautiful in this film um i don't know if i have anything else to add about this film but i do think it's worth watching i don't think it's one of those movies that i'm like hey don't watch this like we kind of were with it. like even the phantom we were like yeah maybe I mean, you can get stuff out of the phantom i can see why you think the descent sucks yeah the descent i the descent's the probably the only movie where i'm like eh, maybe yeah. i'll watch this one and like you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna i'm not gonna push everybody to go see come and see but damn i'm not gonna tell people not to see. i mean i kind of think like right now everybody should probably be watching come and see if they want to like feel for what's going on in the world i mean i know some people like probably don't want that either but sure yeah <sighs> um, uh, i will i will say the I, I will say i do love the the song at the beginning i think it's the four aces yeah that's that's a good it's a good song it's, it, it's a good song but man it does not feel i i still am still struck by how just at complete odds it is with this film <laughs> like yeah I, I, it does not feel appropriate but it still works uh yeah um before we talk about what we've been watching, uh, mm-hmm. da, 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 I wanted to talk about movie news that I thought was super interesting to just this podcast only. Okay. Um, and that is Steven Spielberg supposedly making another bullet movie. Yeah. That's uh... uh now to be fair to Steven Spielberg. Uh, I think he could do it. I think it could be really good. I'm just, I'm just so curious one why like who did he go like i just want to touch this franchise because it's not a franchise that's the thing mm-hmm. um or two they're like we want to do bullet who wants to do bullet and steam was like no one gets to do it but me <laughs> um which i think is also fine if that's how it kind of went down um i think spielberg has a really like he can still pull this off because i think spielberg is still spielberg in a lot of ways yeah. I just Spielberg still got skill. I just want to know who's going to play the titular character. Um, so part of like, I look at this, I, I looked at the news and when I saw that, uh, I think the headline that I read was Steven Spielberg to remake bullet. I, I don't think it's a remake though. I think it's just, no, another, it's not. It's, yeah, no, okay. it's not. It's, it's, it is, it is, it is um, the long goodbye. In, as a Philip Marlowe film rather than a sequel to The Big Sleep or, yeah, or, or yeah, something yeah. like that. Um, <clears throat> and when I when I 
again, why reading the articles is important. When I read that article, I'm like, oh, okay. So it's just another, it's just another character. So this is our chance to get a long goodbye for Bullet. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Um, I'd like to see, I'm, that is what intrigues me because I think a lot of the, I think there are times when Spielberg is just given a skeleton to work with. Uh, like uh, the one movie about the things that people are like fond of. What's it called? Uh, Ready Player One. No, that was a book, though. Yeah, but I just feel like he, like he was like, "Hey, do something with this book," and he's like, "I guess." Yeah, but I, I think when I, but I think that's a bad example. Oh, okay, I'm sorry, my bad. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, no, but like, think about Indiana Jones. Okay. Yeah. Like you, I mean, I could just, I can see that franchise being started over drinks like hey you know i've been i've been reading these books again what if we did something like this and you know uh him george lucas and a few other people are just having goofy talks over drinks and then someone else comes by and said hey i wrote i wrote some ideas for that you guys want to look at it who wants production credits just saying um and i feel like this is that rather than ready player one or um or jurassic park uh or or any other i don't know how many adaptations he's done off the top of my head but like i think this is more that than just a straight up adaptation which and 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 that that intrigues me a lot and i think this is like going to be more in the same vein of uh, a West Side Story versus uh, something else that he's done more recently. What else? Uh, gosh, what else has he done recently? I guess I, Ready Ready Player One. Like that's like yeah, he, Ready Player One. He's been doing one. a lot of those type of movies too. So I think this will be more in the sense of like a classic Steven Spielberg film versus um, that. He's also working on that movie about his life that somehow has uh, Paul Dano, Seth Rogen, Michelle Williams, uh, Judd Hirsch. There's someone else in there too. Who's the director from uh, Eraserhead? David Lynch. Like all these people are in this movie about like sort of about his life. And I'm very excited to see what this looks like. I didn't realize he was making, I, I mean, I've, admittedly have been out of the movie news that's fair circle uh but uh i did not realize he was making a film on his life yeah it's like pseudo about his life it's like uh i think it's gonna be, it's gonna be more like uh fantastical in the way it sounds like okay but we'll see so uh funny fun st- back to written on the wind real quick yeah uh in 1957 uh, a year after written on the wind uh Douglas Sirk went back to went back to the well with three of these actors, Rock Hudson, Robert Stack, and Dorothy Malone in a black and white American cinemascope drama called The Tarnished Angels. I saw I saw the poster for that. I, I, like, I kind of want I kind of want to watch that now. Let's 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 watch The Tarnished Angels not for the podcast. No, I'll, I'll, I'll actually make it, I'll actually make it something I contribute because I I have admittedly not watched a lot. I was just saying let's both watch it and just kind of be like, hey, was this any better? 
ne- like next time we we watch something. Yeah, well, um, you'll you'll love it and I'll hate it. That would be perfect. That would be perfect, but I thought it's <laughs> gonna happen. I think we're both probably gonna either like it or hate it together. Yeah. Um Which yeah, is so so what what have you been watching, if not movies, something else? So um uh, I recently watched the final up to this point uh installment of Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Have you seen it before? Yes. Okay. I had seen it before. I had not seen it since I saw it in the theater the year it came out. Uh, that movie's not bad. That's I see that, that I, th- I think I agree with you, even though I haven't seen it in years. I think the people's issue with that movie is if it just wasn't what they were expecting but i think going back at it that's the thing about spielberg right i think spielberg hasn't really made a, a quote-unquote bad movie just movies people didn't get what they were wanting from it i i well i mean like let's th- let's think about this let's uh, i think having an honest discussion about Indiana yeah. jones as a franchise i remember i remember folks getting all bent out of shape because of the refrigerator scene yeah that's a cool scene though it's i'm like i'm like a that's a dope fucking scene b i'm not saying this is possible or plausible but it does give you enough information that makes you think so because it does say lead lined and anybody who knows anything about x-ray is x-ray doesn't go through lead so honestly they're they're stretching the science very very thin but also no one seems to no one seems to care that in temple of doom they jumped out of a plane yeah with three people on an air mattress yeah yeah i know it was a raft an air mattress that went over water a, a gigantic waterfall and everybody just you know survived walked away from that no one really everyone loves temple of doom which i actually think temple of doom is the the least good of those films temple of doom is one of the few movies that i'm like i kind of want to see the director's cut of this movie because i know they cut a lot oh yeah i, w- I would love to see it. release that cut um but but yeah I, th- I think i think crystal skull is a is a better movie than people give it credit for. I still have the same issues with it that I did because uh, I remember like shortly after that, um, I was still with my ex-wife at the time. She got really into the Ancient Aliens series. And my thing about that, and this is the question I've always asked, like, why do we assume that it was just not the people that lived there <laughs> that yeah. did this rather than aliens had to come? And that was, I think that is the one central problem I have. Like, do I think they handle it? Like, do that? Do I think they make it work? Sure. Uh, but also like, it could have just been, you know, find a way to, ground it rather than make it silly yeah i agree uh, um and then i've also we uh, here we've kind of been we started watching the expanse um on amazon the expanse or i should say it correctly the expanse uh i like expanse more though 
I yeah, I'm I've been speaking weird lately. I don't I don't know what's going on. I think I'm just too tired. Um, but uh, I kind of want to see where that goes. And uh, and yeah, I I still slowly plugging away through Demon Slayer, which is a really wonderful anime. <laughs> like you should watch it. Yeah, I need I need to watch Demon Slayer season two. I've read it all, but I like I like seeing the animation of it. Um, so, uh, as a so I'm flirting with the idea of of picking up another manga once I finish Berserk, and I'm thinking Demon Slayer might be the one. Demon Slayer, like after like if you pick up where you left off after this season, you're you're like you're pretty much you're pretty much like the, there's like two arcs basically. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know it's still young, but like I, as uh, I did try and keep up with, uh, well, I think friends of yours, acquaintances of mine, yes, uh, the the some good shows folks doing the big three. I did try and read a lot of My Hero Academia. Uh, I did just I I burnt out on that not i didn't think it was i didn't think any of it was bad like i will say that yeah uh my hero is a wonderful story (laughs) and and should be i think i live for the day that that it kind of that it is it concludes and then a decade or so later folks like maddie lewis and her co-hosts on the pod hand come back to that and do like the the big literary deep dive into that yeah um i i do i do want to see how I, I would love to live in a world where i exist to see that um but uh but yeah my hero is good but i just i just don't i just i, I think i'm i think i have had my time our, our relationship has run its course <laughs> me and my hero <laughs> uh and none of that is to say that it's bad because it's wonderful um but anyway before i just derail and in a- into asking you about manga which probably would be a fun show uh what have you been watching i have watched one film and i watched that one film many times uh I have seen the Batman more times in one weekend than any human probably should. Um, and so I, twice. No. <laughs> um, between the the preview night that we had on Tuesday and then that Sunday, so five days ish, five five ish days, um, I saw the movie seven times. Nice. Yeah, this is a good record. I beat my I beat my personal record. I think uh, before the most times I've seen one movie in a weekend was six. So, um, wow. Yeah, uh, but this is by the longest movie I've done that with too, which is saying something. Um, mm-hmm. I did almost fall asleep once in the theater, but that's because I did back to back by myself showings, and that's not fun. Um, and then I've only, I only had to pee once in the middle of the showing, and, and that's because the audio cut out. And I'm like, this is the perfect time to pee because there's no audio, so I'm gonna go pee real fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that movie is fantastic. And if you want to hear more of my thoughts, uh, we will probably do an episode on that when that comes to streaming for Matthew to watch. But if you want to hear more of my thoughts soon, the Y Comics podcast, great plug for my other podcast, the yes. Y Comics podcast is having a spoiler cast with our my co-host Hannah Kim and our special guest uh, Kate. 
uh, uh, Sanchez, uh, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be good when it goes up. It goes up on Patreon tonight, hopefully, and up for public in two days. So awesome. yes, very excited for that. It's the one of the longest episodes we uh, we've recorded in a long time. So nice. I'm I'm excited to listen to that. Well, don't listen to it yet because it's a spoiler cast. I'm not saying I'm going to listen to it yet. Okay, I will. I will watch the movie, then listen to <laughs> Thank it. You. Appreciate. It. <laughs> like, um, I can I can do spoilers with games. I don't generally like to do spoilers with movies. Uh, Matthew, where can people find you on the internet? Well, uh, you can find me at infinite underscore rewind everywhere I'd like to be. You can also find me hosting two other podcasts. Uh, uh, one is with our friend Caroline. It is called Trivial Merit, and she and I come together every two weeks, and we pick either a band or a or a band artist or a style of music, and we try and do eight song playlists to get ourselves from a negative mood to a positive mood using that artist band or style uh the other podcast i host is called story route zero and it's where three friends of mine and i talk about video games and just to spoil the rest of 2022 there um you're probably going to be hearing a ton of elden ring talk from myself and my co-host moose we're not really about spoiling it for folks but uh, we've we each of us have spent a significant amount of time with that game, and uh, we are absolutely in love with it. And uh, we'll probably be playing it for most of this year. You guys are gonna wear me down, and I'm gonna start playing it. Uh, well, no, I, I won't do I won't do that. Uh, I'm I've usually I wait till someone says. I'm playing Elden Ring and might need some help. That's when I come in and say, hey, I would, I, I'm more than down to co-op with folks in that game. Um, in fact, I, I, I co-opted with Hana the other night. And, uh, and that was fun. Uh, we, we got stuck at the wall that is Godric and we could not polish that guy off. But she eventually took care of it and moved on and i've loved to see her progress in that game and i just love how we were playing with don from gamers with glasses and it also be it it also becomes us so i found this what do you guys think of this (laughs) and uh and doing those kind of interactions in that game is is kind of wonderful um but yeah elden ring is really good um before if if you do get it and want to play Oh yeah, oh yeah, Is that cross-platform or is it only like whatever platform you buy it on? I believe like if if you're on PlayStation, you could do PS4, PS5, and that's it. All right, well we'll talk about it off off. Uh, yeah. Um, before I forget, next movie we're gonna watch in two weeks is High and Low by Akira Kurosawa. Um, I know Matthew's Sick very excited. Yes, yeah, yes. I know. Matthew's very excited. I picked that movie because Matthew's been trying to get me to watch it for forever, and I'm like, you know what? It's been a minute since we've watched a Japanese movie. Um, so I, I'm excited to watch that. Uh, you probably watch that 
on Criterion. You can probably watch that on HBO Max. I'm guessing. I don't know if it's on there. It might be. I will find. I, you know what? Keep talking. I will tell us where we can find you, and I'll figure it out. Yeah, you can find me everywhere at Sleeper of the Bed. Where I talked about the Y Comics podcast. You can find that show at Y Comics Pod. Um, you can email this show at freereelingit at gmail.com. And you can find us on Twitter at FreeReelingIt. If you have any thoughts, questions, or movie suggestions, do leave them everywhere. Just just bombard us with comments. Um, yes. If you want to support this show and the other shows I do, you can go to patreon.com slash Comics. You usually get this show one to two days early, depending on how fast I can turn around the edit time. Um, and right now we have two patreon producers that i want to think uh one is anthony greco and the other one is patrick moment if you want to become a patreon producer or one of the other two tiers that we have on patreon again you can find us at patreon.com slash why comics matthew where can people watch high and low people can watch high and low on the criterion app they can rent it on apple tv or amazon or they can buy it on apple tv or amazon uh that's all i've got there and matthew who does our theme song my buddy Jason, his uh, he goes by Deadeye, D-E-A-D-I, all caps when you spell the man's name. Uh, you can find him on Spotify at Deadeye. Um, he also, his album uh, is called Bloodshed Kingdom. I, I, I think I've said several different album titles because uh, I've got burnout and it affects me in so many ways but uh his album is called bloodshed kingdom it came out earlier this year um it's a very wonderful instrumental reggae album it goes a lot of places uh and it's 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 a very fun listen i highly recommend it not just because he's my friend but because he's very talented and we thank him for for lending one of those songs to us for this you can also find prior work that he has done on uh in the group hope street steppers their lone album they released in 2013 called black lightning also on spotify i believe both are on Bandcamp, um but i don't know where people stand with Bandcamp, <laughs> uh considering epic just picks them pick them up but it is on spotify you want to check it out um and then you can find him at deadeye productions all one word on instagram uh thank you for listening to the show and remember everybody uh eat some popcorn when you watch a movie have a nice drink uh go to the bathroom you don't have to hold it for three hours like i do every time i watch a movie but yeah it's Uh, bad for your kidneys it's bad for your kidneys but fun for the experience Uh, (laughs) i I guess that's how we're ending it yep (laughs) 